0: Hello, podcast listeners. This is Culture Comes and Cocktails, the podcast with internal comms served straight up. I'm your host, Chuck Ghosh, Senior Strategic Advisor at Social Chorus. And on this episode of Culture Comes and Cocktails, we have Jasmine Davis, Internal Communications Manager at Extreme Networks, and Lisa Yeaton, Senior Social Media Specialist at Extreme Networks. First time I've had multiple guests on the podcast, so I'm excited about this. Welcome to the podcast, Jasmine and Lisa.
1: Thanks, Chuck, for having us. We're really, really excited. So thank you for the platform.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for hosting us. And We're excited
1: to be your first um, double guest.
0: It's, it, it's a lot to take in. We've got a lot of great stories to share. So I wanted to make sure we brought, brought both of you on. Uh, I'm going to start things off, Lisa, with you. Why don't you spend a minute talking about your role at Xtreme and your career there, and maybe even a bit about Extreme Networks for, for anybody who's not familiar with the company?
2: yeah so let me get started with what with who extreme networks is so extreme is a networking provider so we provide um, networking solutions like wi-fi if you think about the router in your home we sell that technology but instead of selling it to individuals and to homes we sell it to enterprises and to businesses so we are the official Wi-Fi solutions provider of the NFL and the MLB, for example, so it goes beyond businesses. We're also doing venues, um, hospitals, governments, a lot of universities and schools. We have around 50,000 customers and 11,000 partners around the globe that we work with. And um, I've been with Extreme now for five years. My first week at Extreme was actually when we launched the Social Chorus product. We refer to it as E360 at Extreme. so that's... Kind of a fun fact, I wasn't on the team that launched it, but it did launch when I first started. So E360 has been around as long as I have. And I started out as an intern and now I moved around the content and communications teams. And now I manage the corporate social media accounts for Extreme, And I also help enable the field teams because we are a global company. So we have some core social media channels, but then we have around 30 global channels that our field marketing teams manage. And I help them to enable that. And I give them um, different assets that they can translate in their region and things like that. And then we use E360 as a tool to help enable them as well. So along with Jasmine, we co-manage the E360 platform together.
0: Yeah, I, I love that we've, we've got two of my loves together on one podcast. We've got internal comms and we've got like, we've got social media. So I love this marriage. So often those are siloed. Ed organization. So it's great to see those come together. So Jasmine, what does it mean to be the internal comms manager there at Extreme Networks?
1: Yeah, actually, this was a brand new role for me. Uh, I originally came from Arrow Hive Networks. So I was a part of an acquisition and there I was a field marketing manager. So when there was an opportunity at Extreme Networks to come over um, and do internal comms, I can't say I was not nervous, but it's been such a great experience and challenge, and I've really been able to to drive uh, engagement at Extreme. So my role is under the corporate comms team um, as internal comms manager here at Extreme. So my job is to make sure that our three thousand plus global employees are informed, <laughs> um, and that means with all the latest and greatest happenings from around the company, you ensure that. Uh, There's engagement, advocacy, and that we're promoting company culture and just keeping that top of mind. So, And I achieve this by, of course, partnering with, uh, we call ourselves the dream team, Lisa and I, (laughs) but we also partner with uh, members of our executive team as well as uh, different departments from around the company um, and using our internal app, E360, as, as Lisa mentioned. So... With that said, Lisa and I, as she mentioned, we co-manage E360, but I also help to manage our intranet site called The Source. And I also host a myriad of internal events such as our our employee town halls, as well as departments all hands, educational webinars, we're sending out newsletters, you name it. So we like to keep it really high pace at extreme and just making sure our employees are, are informed on everything and that they have a pulse on what's going on at the
0: company. Well, see, I didn't realize I had the dream team <laughs> on the podcast. I could have introduced you, introduced the two of you as that. Now, Lisa, I'm going to pass the next question to you with, with being, I'll say, the more senior member uh, on here, having been a part of Extreme Networks for five years and thinking about the culture at Extreme as a key word that we have in the podcast. What, what are three words that you, Lisa, the social media person there at Extreme, what would you use to describe the culture? At Extreme Networks,
2: yeah. So I mean, I love the culture at Extreme. It helped. I've I've enjoyed it my entire time here. Even as an intern, you didn't feel like an intern. You felt like a real member of the team. And I think that's because our culture is really all about collaboration, being agile, and being transparent. So from the top down, we're told um, everything. Everyone's honest. Nothing is ever hidden from employees. And a whole organization, we all work together as one team. It's not multiple teams, we're, we all work together. And we're agile because we're a smaller company compared to some of our competitors. And we have to move fast, we have to be able to adapt. And our team does an amazing job of doing that. We've been, we've managed to remain successful over the past couple of months where things have been unknown and up in the air. it's because we are one team and we're able, we're agile and we're able to adapt and move quickly. And I think our tagline, advanced with us, really sums up what we're all about because both externally, that's about helping our customers connect to their networks better, be more effective and be more efficient with their operations. And internally, it means growing as individuals and as an organization together. So we're all about advancing our customers and our end users, as well as advancing ourselves.
0: And Jasmine, you'd mentioned this during during your intro that you were part of an acquisition Coming into Extreme Networks. How yes. did those, and that's a unique experience. I've been in that environment too. How did you see the two cultures integrate uh, with that acquisition?
1: For sure. So, this is actually my second acquisition that I've lived through <laughs> in my career. So, when Arrowhave Networks was acquired by Extreme Networks in 2019, it was, it was an exciting and a scary time. I just have to be very honest about that and transparent. So, just like with any acquisition, and, and you're definitely familiar with that, when you're being acquired, there's a lot of uncertainty. And uh, actually a couple of employees at Arrowhive had matriculated to Extreme prior to the acquisition. And they were always talking about how Extreme is just an amazing company to work for. The technology is definitely there, but they really cared about their employees, which I was like, oh, wow. That sounds awesome. So when we were acquired, I was like, "Hey, we get to be a part of such a great family." So this wasn't extremes first go around the block <laughs> when an, an acquiring or excuse me acquiring a company. So in terms of the culture here, um, it wasn't too bad in terms of an integration. Arrowhive's um, core values kind of aligned also with extremes core values as well. So. When we first came on board, you know, we were basically the new kids in school, but we all quickly caught on um, to what Extreme was about, what we were doing, but in terms of the two cultures integrating, it felt really seamless, which was great.
0: And how did having, coming in as the internal comms manager, what did it mean to have E360 already in place and how was that used during that uh, acquisition and transition time?
1: Yeah, so literally the first day on the job, I was in our San Jose office, and all I saw were the pop-up banners of e360 and two minutes a day, and why it was so important. And once I got to actually look at the application, I was I was blown away because I had never seen anything like that. Of course, we had um, in previous companies our regular SharePoints and your your basic emails, but I was like, wow, like there's just so many different opportunities for you to really get plugged in. So I was just really blown away about that, but, and I know we'll probably get more into this, excuse me, later on, but, I was just so surprised at how our executive teams were engaged and we got to hear directly from them. So when coming on board and learning more about the platform and its structure, it was great. And my job was basically, you know, to take it to the next level. And Lisa, as well as the others who were managing the platform before I even came on board, they were just doing such an excellent job. So I was just hoping and praying to compliment what they were doing and just take it on to the next level.
0: Well, it certainly sounds like like you have. And in, in an earlier conversation, Jasmine, we were on. You use this great line, and I said I was going to ask you about this uh, when we when we did the podcast. Use this line: "Data is the new currency," and I I'd never heard a communicator or really anyone use that in that way. So explain where where that comes from and, and what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah. So and that's such a compliment. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> so i love that line but i will not take the credit on that (laughs) so that quote actually comes directly from our ceo uh ed mayor cord and simply put you know data tells the story um you have many data points but ultimately what does that all mean right so extreme is a cloud networking company so from a product perspective our ceo always highlights the importance of data And how we can leverage that to better serve our customers, our partners, and ultimately their customer base. So we leverage data points to advance their operations um, and enhance their day to day function. So from an internal comms perspective, if we take that approach, we have data points as well about our employees. So There's such things as where the employees located globally, what region they're in, are they remote, do they report to a particular office, uh, which department are they in, who are their direct reports, and the list can literally go on and on. So with that said, where Lisa and I come in to leverage the data points for that currency piece is how can we better target our messaging that will impact them, our employees. And the most, excuse me, so, for curating the right content, we wanna make sure that the content is what they want to see or hear or read and making sure that it matters to them the most and it meets them where they're at. So if that via mobile, email, our internet site, Microsoft Teams, Slack, we'll get it to them, but the data in terms of being the new currency, that's how we're gonna do it. So that's how we leverage the data here at Extreme.
0: And and Lisa, let's let's stay on this this data track. How has the data that the organization's gotten from from e three sixty? How has it transformed communications? When you think back to what it was five years ago to now, how has communications at extreme change, and that some of it still stayed the same because you were doing the right things.
2: Yeah, and I mean, um, as Jasmine said, like data is key. It's key to everything that we do. And like when we first launched the application, we were just getting involved with like single sign on and stuff like that to make it seamless for employees to get onboarded. But after working with Social Chorus, after a year, we found a way to work with Social Chorus and our IT team to pull in and utilize even more data. So now Social Chorus is pulling in data from our intranet sites and from our Oracle instance. And now we can tell who an employee is, where they're located, what department they're in, what their job level is, if they're a manager, a VP, an individual contributor, what region they're in, which executive they lead up to. So we have all of this data. And now we're looking to add more in as we're launching more ERGs and stuff like that. And it enables us to really target our communication. Because before we just had so many channels and they were open to everyone. So everyone could follow every channel or they'd go in and pick and choose them. But some channels really weren't applicable to some people based on what department they were in. So now we have these private channels that are for certain departments and for certain office locations when we're in the offices. And now since we have those groups, We can also send targeted email communication. So it doesn't even have to be published to a specific channel in the application. We can just target them with an email or a push notification. And then data that we're getting from all the reports on the usage of E360, without that data, we wouldn't know that um, posting on Mondays and Tuesdays, those posts always perform better than posts on Thursdays and Fridays. And then we also know that on Sundays, surprisingly, it's not a work day but our employees go in and they check the application on Sundays. So we have this idea of what days of the week we should best post um, our content if we want it to be seen and engaged with to give it the um, most potential to reach the audience that we're trying to get to that week. And then we also know that when we have an executive update, um, it performs better with video because we've been able to run tests and compare the data. And if we didn't have the data, we wouldn't be able to know that the videos from our executives always perform better than just um, a long two-paragraph post that came from the executive. So we've been able to show this data to our executives. Now our executives are completely on board with doing the videos. They know now that anytime we have a major update, they wanna do the video. Because in the past too, when we first launched e 360 it was because they wanted to cut down on the number of company-wide emails. That was one issue. And then the second issue was, People weren't even reading the CEO's emails. They were doing banana tags on the emails and they saw that only 20% of the workforce was reading them. So now we're doing these E360 posts with videos. It's a two minute video. And now we see that 80 to 90% of the employees watched that video. That's far more than that 20% from five years ago reading. And it was still an important update, but now it's just we're getting to the employees the way they want to be communicated to. And that's what's made the program so much more effective.
0: I know that that inside Social Chorus, the uh, extremes leadership videos. I, you your team may not even know this. We talk about them all the time, because it's it's the the tone that that we want other customers to share. So, Lisa, share a bit for everyone else. Like what what these videos are like, and what makes them a bit unique compared to other typical leader videos that are out there.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think what makes them different is um, our CEO will just pull out his phone and he'll just do a selfie video and like he won't, it will be moving the entire time, but it will only be like part of his head. He'll also do videos sometimes when he's in an Uber, he'll be in an Uber driving from the airport to a customer site. He'll actually take a video with the Uber driver and he'll just come to us Um once a month or a couple times a month it will be a short video like that of him on the road when he was traveling and he's just real with the employees like he just comes out and he tells us what's going on and what it is and it's really authentic and genuine the way the executives do it they don't beat around the bush they take the they take out their phone and they just tell us the message and then it's just it's just being real and it's having that collaborative and being on that one team they really um, make that shine in the videos that they
0: send out to all employees. I know that communicators out there right now are insanely jealous hearing <laughs> that, that you have leaders that will just do that simple video that they don't need the big production, they don't need the big studio, fancy green screens, teleprompters. That's what employees want from leaders. They wanna see them. They wanna hear from them in the moment. I love that it's in the, the examples I've seen he, that your CEO was in the back seat. Uh, of an Uber going to a client visit or coming back from a client visit, you know, what did they just see? What did they, what did they hear? That's, that's the gold standard. I think when it comes to to leadership videos, anybody can go and produce fancy ones. It's those leadership driven in the moment videos. Um, like I said, other communicators out there are, are insanely jealous not hearing you've got that type of leadership engagement. Um, something else that I've heard though is that the organization recently has received some recognition for your COVID communication efforts, which again every communicator everywhere is is been top of mind for, Jasmine, why don't you detail the work that went into that, and and why do you think it's being held in such high regard?
1: Yeah. So what we just celebrated the one year anniversary of of the announcement of the global pandemic and being locked down. So. We took early action to communicate with our employees regarding the coronavirus pandemic and that started in early January in terms of the engagement. So we not only used our E360 platform, but we used our internet site, The Source, where we literally uprooted um, a site overnight um, and within 24 hours that was just a dedicated site for our global uh, global updates around the pandemic. So. We were constantly keeping that updated, as well as when employees were still in the offices, we also leveraged Zoom signage as well. So again, we tried to meet them where they were to ensure that they received the appropriate communication. So again, our first engagement was in in late January. We alerted our global teams that the company was aware of the virus that was rapidly spreading around the globe and that the situation was being monitored, taken very seriously. then our executive team decided to uproot a COVID nineteen task force. So that encompassed a lot of our um, different departments. So legal, facilities, comms, HR, uh, our product org, which is our second largest organization here at Extreme Networks, and a couple other uh, different departments. So. It was a huge, valiant effort um, to make sure that our employees were well informed. We even created a couple of E360 channels uh, that helped our employees get acclimated to working from home. That was one as well as a COVID-19 updates channel. So we really used that, and again, video really played a very key part um, in our COVID-19 response. Again you know, it was just such a crazy time. It's it's not too much to read an email, but to hear from our executive team on how they're trying to ensure that we're well-informed and that they want us to make sure that we're staying safe and healthy. It really meant a lot, but it was just an additional touch to making sure our COVID-19 comms was, was top-notch and that our employees were informed. So Yeah, we uh, were finalists and we're really proud of the work we did. And of course it would be nice to win, but the most important thing, uh, and it still is, is that our employees were well-informed.
0: Yeah, I I think at this time of year, I I believe that every communications team should be recognized for the the work that's been done um, around the pandemic. And, And another big effort that a lot of communicators have been presented with this year is around social justice um, diversity inclusion and quality efforts and I know this has also been a critical effort for extreme networks so I want to have you both both talk about this but I'm going to kick it off with with jasmine what was the approach that extreme networks took around the social justice issues and diversity and inclusion
1: yeah absolutely so last year when there was a lot of social unrest you know it was it was hard to uh, not deny what was going on in the world. So one thing I really do love about our extreme executives is that they know the importance of making sure that we know as employees where we stand as a company. So with that said, they are very attuned to what's going on in the world because it will ultimately affect us internally as well. So with that said, We would, just like with everyone else, when the George Floyd incident happened over the summer and there were a bunch of protests during the time, our CEO did communicate to us via video what's going on in the world, how we will all stand together to fight social injustice, but as well as what Extreme Networks is doing to help internally to do that. So they laid down a foundation of what's to come, and guess what? They actually did it, which I know that might sound a little crazy, but I mean, we hold our 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 executives to a high regard, and when they say they're going to do something, they definitely do it. So they started up a DNI organization. Um, we have a head of DNI, we literally, Kimberly Bassnight, she uprooted literally seven ERGs in eight months. And she has such a passion for that. And it is backed by our executive teams. So it's just so important um, to have that kind of support. And most recently with the Capitol riots um, and at the US Capitol, again, you know, we let our employees know that that was not right. Um, we're not with that. (laughs) And, you know, we just heard directly from our executive team. So it's always really nice to get that type of support. Um, I know myself as being a a Black woman, that I really appreciate it. And we also had people within the company that also supported it as well. So it just... To me it just really means a lot and that goes to show for our core values of transparency they're very transparent here at extreme networks whether good or bad or in between so that's something we really really appreciate here
0: yeah certainly words are just words in certain times so it's great to see action mm-hmm. then being taken and lisa having been a part of extreme networks now for for five years and having been an intern Probably when you interned, I don't know if you had any idea you would you would be involved, still working at Extreme, let alone during a pandemic, let alone during uh, social injustice. What was what was your take on everything that was happening?
2: I mean, exactly what um, Jasmine was saying. I think the executives being out in front of all of those things was really good because it helped people. Everyone was stressed out. I know I was seeing the news and I was like, "This is just crazy. I can't believe that all of this is happening." But I didn't let it affect my work because the executives communicated to us. They understood what was going on and they let us know that they were there for us. And they really set the tone to keep everyone together and to continue moving on our path forward. So I really appreciated that. And I thought that that helped us all get through um, the difficult times. And then I would want to say, too, that over the last 12 to 18 months, the organization has really taken Um, uh, quite a few steps to enhance our corporate social responsibility, as well as the diversity and inclusion efforts that Jasmine was mentioning. So they've made a lot of progress in this time as well. The Women's Council was first launched three years ago, and that was sort of the first ERG that we had, and it's laid the groundwork for all of these newer new ERGs that launched this year, which has been really fantastic because the Women's Council has seen a lot of progress. They actually just did a Study, and they showed that three years ago when it launched, our female population at Extreme was around 17, 18%. And now, less than three years later, we are up to 25% that's a 30% increase in three years, which is really fantastic. And their mentorship program that they've been growing during that same time is now off to new heights as well. And it's really great because it doesn't just help the younger people at the company, it helps anyone in their career that's looking for a mentor, for someone to learn something different. So I think it's great that the company has these tools out there. And now that the women's council has been doing this, they're rolling it out to all ERGs. So now all ERGs have a mentorship offering. I think it's just really good because this is what companies need now today. This is what employees need today. And to have those resources available is just key moving forward. It's going to keep employees at your company.
0: Now 30% is great. That's great to hear, but I'm sure the both of you, I want you to keep holding that company accountable. Oh, and absolutely. Keep, keep improving, absolutely. right? Absolutely. absolutely. And and it, w- one of the things I loved about this conversation, you know, I, I haven't had the privilege of working directly with Extreme Networks in any way, but obviously the I said the examples of the leadership videos and the success Extreme has had is almost legendary within within Social Chorus. Um, thank you for all the work that that both of you do day in day out, both as customers of ours, but also as communicators out there i'm going to put my proud communicator hat on here i love love seeing the examples love seeing communicators step up and help lead organizations so thank you both for that the podcast is called culture comms and cocktails so we've talked about culture and we've talked about communications uh lisa i'm going to have you go first on this one uh what is your cocktail recommendation or do you have a special pandemic cocktail out there
2: So I would say my go-to cocktail has always been a vodka crayon. I love Tito's and I know it goes by the name Cape Cotter. I don't know if that's just because I live in New England. Maybe that's why I like it. I'm a little bit, um, I prefer that one. But I do have to say summer is coming. I'm counting down the days to my pool opening. And once it's open, I do plan on having a Miami Vice in my hand down, enjoying the water and the sun. So that is one of my favorite summer drinks that I would recommend to people.
0: Lisa, you have just detailed what my favorite pool drink <laughs> is the Miami Vice. Hands really? down, Miami <laughs> Vice, favorite, favorite pool drink. I, I await the invitation for your pool to open, Lisa. Absolutely,
2: when, yeah. When we up, can all
0: travel. Yeah, will, come
2: up to Boston.
0: I will enjoy a Miami Vice. What about, what about you, Jasmine?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's my belief that you can never go wrong with a tequila sunrise. <laughs> So, uh, Casamigos OJ, a splash of grenadine with an orange slice and a maraschino cherry to garnish. Like, it's just a beautiful drink and it's delicious. And like Lisa said, uh, it's summer is upon us, and I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready to get out there <laughs> to the beach. More specifically for me, um, and to the Miami Vice theme, like one of my favorite beach CDs is definitely Miami. So. I'm hoping to go down there very soon. I'm in Atlanta, <laughs> so it's not a very long way in terms of a flight to get down there, but that's definitely my cocktail choice.
0: Uh, tequila Sunrise is, is good, Jasmine, but I'm going to raise it up a notch. So I, I'm, okay. I'm not much of a tequila drinker. Okay. Um, I blame college for that.
1: <laughs> exactly. The, so
0: so what I've discovered is a Kentucky Sunrise, Ooh, which is tell me basically more. the same with, with Uh, orange juice and grenadine and all that, but with bourbon instead of tequila. Wow. Equally delightful. Equally delightful. I'll just, I'll I'll throw that out there.
1: I'm going to have to try that, Chuck. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Well, again, thank you both for for coming on the podcast, sharing your stories, um, sharing all the great work you're doing at Extreme Networks.
1: Thanks, Chuck, for having us again. And thanks to Social Chorus as well.
2: Yeah, thank you. This has been a blast.
0: If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Coms and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comms and Cocktails, internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening.